Welcome to Divorce Stories with attorney Dennis Vetrano, the show for people that want real answers to real divorce questions from a real divorce lawyer. And now, here's your host, attorney Dennis Vetrano. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Divorce Stories. I'm your host, divorce attorney Dennis Vetrano. And let's get right into it today, folks. What we'll be talking about today is the issue of grounds for divorce. So I'd like to start with our first listener question today. I just can't take it anymore. I need to move out. I haven't filed for divorce. I haven't gotten it done yet, but I've got to get out of this house. Can my spouse get me for abandonment? Well, let me tell you this. I've been handling divorces for going on maybe about 22 years now. Not maybe. Going on 22 years. I've handled thousands of cases, and I can't tell you, not to mention thousands of consultations for divorce. I can't tell you how frequently I get this question. So I guess one of the most basic aspects of it is, what is abandonment? Abandonment is a ground for divorce. So here's where abandonment would come in. If you leave the marital residence and you don't return for an extended period of time, there's a possibility that your spouse would have a ground for divorce, which is abandonment. But it will only affect you really in a couple of different ways. If your spouse now has a ground for divorce, doesn't really impact you all that much if you're seeking to be divorced. So if you're moving out of the house because you know you want to be divorced from this person you're living with, not really a problem if they now have a ground for divorce, except for two things. If you move out of the house, if there's an argument moving forward as to whether or not they can remain in the house or who can keep the house and essentially buy the other person out in the context of the divorce case, if you've remained in the house, you probably have a stronger argument to stay in the house. The second issue where it would impact you is if children are in the house. So if you simply leave the house and leave your kids with your spouse in the marital residence, that would in some ways put them in a stronger position to seek custody and visitation of your children. So let's recap really quickly. Answer to the question is, can they get you for abandonment if you leave the house for an extended period of time and you're still married? Yes, they can, but it's just a ground for divorce. And if you want to be divorced, you're simply giving them a basis to actually finalize a divorce. Only two ways it could really affect you or negatively impact you is if they're kids in the house and you want to vie for custody in that situation, or you're trying to keep the house or to buy the other person out of the marital residence. So that was the answer to our first question. Now, before we get into our second listener question, just like to remind everybody out there, if you'd like to hear your question answered on our podcast, email your question to divorcestoriespodcast at gmail.com. Once again, divorcestoriespodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So now into our second question. Do I have grounds based upon adultery? And here's a specific question. My spouse and I are married. He got one of his office mates pregnant. I was wondering, can I pursue a divorce based on adultery? Well, here's the answer to that question. Yes, you can. But bear in mind, there are several different grounds upon which you can seek a divorce in New York State. Abandonment is one of them. Constructive abandonment is another. Adultery is another, um, or what they call infidelity. We also now in New York State have 
a no-fault divorce ground, which is called irretrievable breakdown of the marital relationship for more than six months. So if your spouse has had sexual relations with somebody other than you during your marriage, could you have a basis for divorce based upon adultery? Yes, you can. But that is what we call a fault ground which means you would need to prove that ground. You would essentially need to put on evidence before the judge or a jury, and we'll get, a, we'll get into that in a moment, to prove that they've had sexual relations, sexual intercourse with someone else. And in these cases, listen, I've been handling these cases for over 20 years. When you didn't have no-fault divorce in New York State, because historically we used to be what we call a fault state, which meant to obtain a divorce in New York State, you would have to prove grounds. And back then, while I was still a practicing divorce attorney, you were entitled to jury trials to prove, again, infidelity, abandonment, etc. So you'd have to call witnesses, put it on before the judge or jury, and be able to prove that ground. So, yes, you could pursue a divorce based upon adultery if your spouse has had sexual intercourse with somebody other than you during your marriage, but you'd have to prove it. Now, add another piece to this. Once you have a fault ground that's provable, there are also defenses they can raise, what we call in the business affirmative defenses. So your spouse could say, hey, I had sex with my office mate three years ago. And we're still married. We're still living together. You must have what we call forgiven the adultery, which is an affirmative defense, which means they can dismiss your ground if they prove that you've forgiven the adultery. Or it's outside the statute of limitations. So if you discovered the adulterous activity more than five years ago, it's outside the statute of limitations. And that's another basis to dismiss your ground for adultery. So again... You always want to consider how efficient you're being here. Could you plead and prove adultery if your spouse has had sex with someone else? Of course you can. But do you want to? In New York State, what we find we're doing right now is 99% of our cases, we're pleading and alleging the ground of irretrievable breakdown of the marital relationship for more than six months. New York's no-fault divorce ground. So in that case, it's probably the most efficient way to pursue it. Um... So now let's, let's go into this a little bit in a little greater detail. Is there any benefit to pleading adultery more than just you can if you know you have no-fault divorce in New York State, you have irretrievable breakdown in the marital relationship for more than six months? So what's the incentive to ever plead and attempt to prove adultery? Well, bear in mind, sometimes adultery can impact custody and visitation of the kids. I'll give an example. If somebody's had an adulterous uh, uh, affair with um, somebody who's a bad influence on your kids and they're bringing them around your kids, maybe you want that to now be an issue in the context of your divorce case, such that if you ever did have a trial in the case, that evidence could come out or be put before the judge. Um, The other thing to consider is there's one caveat with the no-fault ground in divorce, irretrievable breakdown of the marital relationship for more than six months. You need to have a resolution on all of the ancillary issues involved in your divorce case to actually have the no-fault ground for divorce granted. So to dissolve your marital relationship, the ground for divorce, you need to have everything else resolved. So custody, visitation, child support, equitable distribution, attorney's fees, all of those things need to be resolved before the judge can grant you a divorce based on this ground, no-fault ground of irretrievable breakdown of the marital relationship. So in that case, 
if you're not sure you're going to be able to reach a resolution on all these other issues, but you definitely want to get your divorce, no questions asked, maybe you plead the adultery. Maybe you plead both. Maybe you say to your lawyer, put adultery in there because I know we can prove it, and then put irretrievable breakdown in the marital relationship for more than six months as well. So then it's a fail-safe. If you're not able to resolve all the other issues for the no-fault ground for divorce, you've got your adultery there to try to plead and prove. Or if you also think, in addition, that it's going to impact custody and visitation, maybe you want to have that there as well. So if you're ever putting proof on for the entirety of your case, that comes up. Hey, by the way, Judge, you know this office mate that they're, li- that they're now living with who's, who we found is an alcoholic? Yeah, they were having sex with this person while we were married. And, uh, and now they want to bring my kids around this person. Maybe you want to put that evidence on. Maybe it helps you. Um, but again, most of these cases, in most circumstance, it's most efficient to try to plead and prove irretrievable breakdown of the marital relationship for more than six months. You are no fault ground. And can you prove, can you plead adultery and try to prove it? Yeah, you can. But you really got to make sure that's something you want to do. Okay, so that was your answer to question number two. And listen, I just want to remind everybody out there, if you're a listener out there and you'd like to have your question answered on our podcast, don't forget to uh, send your question into Divorce Stories Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Again, Divorce Stories Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to answer your question on our podcast. So now getting into the third question, and it's kind of a spinoff of the last one. A listener says to me, I know all that, Dennis. I totally get it, but I know this person cheated on me, and for one reason or other, I want to put it in my divorce papers, and I want to prove it. How do you prove it? Now, listen, let me start off with saying this. In handling divorces for for over two decades, a lot of what you'll find in representing clients is some of these things don't fit into a financial bag. They don't fit into a legal bag. What they fit into is a mental and emotional bag. And sometimes clients just say to you, Dennis, I don't care that it will cost me an extra few bucks. I don't care that it may be more time and aggravation. I want to prove that this person broke our marriage vows. I want to prove for some level of emotional vindication that this person cheated on me so that my kids know I didn't simply divorce my husband or my wife simply because I didn't want to be married anymore. I divorced them because they cheated on me and it was something I couldn't forgive. You're going to get that from clients. And as a divorce lawyer, you need to be prepared to deal with it. So when the client tells you that, their next breath is typically going to be, or their next question is going to be, okay, Dennis, this is what I want you to do and how do we prove it? Well, let me tell you how we prove it. Think of it like this. You have to prove that somebody had sexual intercourse with another person while they were still married to you. So still married to you, very easy to prove. You're married on XYZ date, marriage certificate. You never, there's no divorce on file. There's te- you, you would testify, never been divorced, never dissolved the marital relationship here or in another state or in another country. That part's easy. Second part, Prove that they had sexual intercourse with someone else. And again, I can remember having a, having a case many years ago. Okay, I know my husband's going to meet his secretary at uh, you know, the local, and again, we're, we're, we're keeping preserving confidentiality here, so you know, we're not naming names of areas or, or, or hotels or people or you know, changing some dates and stuff like that to preserve this confidentiality. Um, 
I know my husband's going to be over at the local eight, the Super 8 motel. And he usually goes by. He tells me he's leaving work at 530. Um, he doesn't come home till 8, 9 o'clock at night. I, I know his friend at work. And I'll say, hey, you know what time did you guys get off tonight? Oh, yeah, 5 o'clock, 530. He's not home. Don't know where he is. Then, oh, Night after night saying, oh, I had to work late. I had to work late. I had to work late. Now, you know damn well he's not working late, right? So now we call up our private investigator. You know, hey, Jim, this is what we've got. This is the sort of case. Okay, no problem. I do this every day. Super 8 Motel out on Route 28. I'm going to show up that Thursday night. And then we'll, tr- you know, you always try to be efficient with private investigators. You can't really tell them, okay, they might be here this time or that time. Just sit out in your car for days, weeks. That'll cost you thousands of dollars. So you want to be fine with it. Talked with the client, said, this Super 8 motel out on Route 28, get out there 7 o'clock Thursday. So there he is outside waiting in his car, you know, telephoto lens pictures through the window, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how easy it is to prove. You know, pictures of people coming in and coming out, sees the two of them together, gets some pictures through the window. I mean, it sounds scandalous, but that's what you have to do. And in that particular case, that was enough proof to carry the day. Um, So again, a lot of times people ask, which is another question we'll tackle in, in one of our later episodes, why would you want to hire a private investigator? Where do they come in? Well, When you're trying to prove adultery, nine times out of ten, that's what you're looking at. Or, of course, friends, um, anybody else who'd seen them together. I mean, you've got to remember you have to have proof, proof positive that they had sexual intercourse, which can be somewhat difficult to prove at times. But again, that's where a private investigator would come in. And in that particular case, that's where they they certainly proved their value. So... um, So again, adultery, you can plead, you can prove, sometimes difficult, and sometimes a client just says, listen, Dennis, it's important to me that my kids know that this marriage was dissolved because they cheated on me and for no other reason. And sometimes that's the most important thing. Okay, so that concludes episode one of Divorce Stories. And again, remember, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your question on our podcast if you'd like to send your question in to us, it's Divorce Stories Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, Divorce Stories Podcast at gmail.com. And also keep in mind, look, if you have one of those complex cases where you know you're going to need a lawyer and someone who does this each and every day, don't hesitate to visit us online at drvitranolaw.com to schedule a free confidential divorce consultation. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.